You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. Every so often you'll encounter a person, somebody in your life, completely random, you don't really know them, and you are having a conversation with them, and they say something that sounds borderline philosophical, borderline, like, I'm not sure what you're saying. And I had that situation this past week um, where one of the one of my tenants, you know, where I, where I work, I'm a property manager, so one of my tenants was complaining that their oven was covered and all this nasty stuff it needed to be cleaned. So I texted her the following. I said, hi, Miss So-and-so. Our cleaner is going to come today to your unit to clean the oven. Thanks for your patience. And she replies as follows. One question. Why is it so hard to do the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do? And she added one of those emojis like where it's a smiley face upside down. So again, why is it so hard to do the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do? Now, I'm like reading this. I'm like, wow, is she really getting all philosophical on me? Talking about the right thing to do in this situation. It kind of perked my interest. I'm like starting to think, wait a second. If she's playing this philosophical game, I'm going to get philosophical right back at her. So I replied with the following. I said, sometimes in life, it's not clear what is right and what is wrong. As humans, it is our duty and mission to try our best to do the right thing. We can only try and try hard we will. As the great saying goes, the difference between try and triumph is a little bit of umph. I sent that and I was curious, waiting, what was she going to say next? Was she going to be upset? Was she going to find it interesting? How would she respond? So she wrote the following. She said, wrong answer, exclamation point. She didn't write exclamation point like in the words. She just wrote, she just wrote an exclamation point. She, She said, wrong answer. You know what's right and wrong. Ask yourself, would you live with a dead rodent in your kitchen? No. Stop the human excuses. Learn to walk. Live continuity within the divine spirit of life. Whatever the case may be, be light for life, not darkness to others. There's a saying I live by, do unto others as you would have it done unto you. That's what she told me. Um, so she's getting really philosophical. This is just getting more interesting as it went along. I replied back as follows. I said, it is quite inspiring and refreshing to hear that there are still people today who actually care for others and will, quote, do unto others as you would have it done unto you, end quote. I strive to live by that motto as well. Anyways, we went on to actually address her concern. We took care of it, and she wrote back, infinite gratitude. The whole whole, uh, story, the whole experience, I just thought was funny. Not in the sense of like, ha-ha funny, but in the sense of, it, it just, it made me realize that you have these conversations with people and some people, you know, they, they use philosophical arguments. They, they, they touch on like, you know, the continuity of the, the divine spirit of life. I honestly don't know what that means, but that's not the point. The point is that 
she she's on a journey. She's just trying to figure things out. Hopefully, she's trying to be the best person she can be, and and in the pursuit of just you know being on a journey and figuring things out. So you have these conversations. Sometimes you get all philosophical. Sometimes the philosophy makes no sense. Sometimes sometimes it does make sense. But the point is just taking a step back, and it's important for me to realize, hey. Just take a step back and realize that just like I'm on a journey, just like I'm trying to just do my best, so too she is. She's on a mission. She's on a journey. She's just trying to do her best. And, you know, this really is the Parsha of journeys. There's other Parshas as well, obviously, that deal with journeys. You know, later on when the Torah speaks about the Jewish people journeying through the Midbar, the desert, the 42 encampments. But in this week's Parsha, the Torah begins, Yaakov Yaakov journeyed, Yaakov left, he went from Beersheva and went to Haran. And they ask, when I say, you know, people say, they ask, who's the mysterious they? Or like it says in Svarim Akadoshim, I don't know, I feel like they and the Svarim Kedoshim might be the same people, but who knows? Fine. But Vayitze Yaakov mi Beershava Vayilech Charana. Yaakov left from Beershava and went to Charan. Couldn't it have just said Yaakov went to Charan? Why is it important to address the fact that Yaakov left from Beershava? Who cares that he left from there? Just we focus on where he's going, right? So Rashi already addresses this as well. Rashi says, we learn a fascinating idea, fascinating insight. We learn the leaving, the departure of a righteous person from a particular place creates an impact. So when somebody righteous leaves a place, there's that void. There, there's now an actual void there because of that that righteous void that the person left when he's no longer present. So that that's one idea. Um, but I wanted to say like this, the Torah, again, the, the first pasuk of the parasha of Ayitze, it has six words. And if you have six, that means you could easily split it up to the first two words, the middle two words, and the last two words. There's a middle, there's a beginning, and there's an end. So what's the beginning? Vayetze Yaakov. It represents departure. Life is full of Vayetzes. You're leaving place A. And then what? The end of the Pasuk, clause 3, Vayele Charana. And he went to Charan. This represents the fact that when you leave one place, you go somewhere else. You go from one place, and Vayilach, you're on journey to another place. And what's the middle phrase? Mi Be'er Shava, from Be'er Shava. One of my Rebbeim from the mirror, Rav Moshe Aaron Friedman, pointed out a fascinating idea. He said those two words, the middle words, Mi Be'er Shava, if you flip around the letters, it spells Arba Eser, Right, because you have the Aleph in there, the Resh, the Beis, the Ayin, you have the Ayin, the Sin, the Resh. Shame, it spells the word shame. It has a Sin in there, a Shin, and a Mem, and uh, Aver, which is spelled Ayin, Beis, and Resh. So those two words, the middle words of this phrase, of this Pasuk, Miber Shava, spells out Arba Aser Shame Aver, which represents the 14 years, Arba Aser, the 14 years that Yaakov Vinu studied Torah at the yeshiva of shame and aver. So Miber Shava represents the Torah. And if you think about it, the Pasuk makes a lot of sense now. You see, it starts off with the first two words, Vayitzi Yaakov, and Yaakov departed, and it ends, Vayitzi and he went to Charon. 
And th- there's a lot going on. Yaakov left one place, he traveled to another place, and this represents the life cycle. We leave X and we go to Y. We leave one place and we go to Y. We leave this yeshiva and we go to that yeshiva. We leave this school and we go to that school. We leave this moment and go to that moment. We leave this day and go to the next day. Life is filled with vayetzes and vayelechs. But the fundamental question that we have to ask and the fundamental answer that Yaakov Avinu answers us is right here. The question is, how do we bring it all together? How do we stay strong? How do we remain steadfast in our Yiddishkeit? How do we mean, how do we remain close with Akarish Baruch Hu? How do we remain true to our values and our core beliefs? How do we do it despite all the journeys of life? Despite all the Vayitzis and Vayilachs, how do we keep it all together? And the answer lies in those two middle words, which serves as the bridge, perhaps, between the Vayitzi Yaakov and Vayilach Harana. And that is Miber Shava, which, as we said, stands for Arba Eser Shem and Aver, which represents the 14 years that Yaakovinu studied Torah, which represents the study of Torah. The answer is, you know how we keep it all together? You know how despite all of life's departures and goings and the journeys and the busyness, you know how we keep it all together? You know the bridge that keeps everything just intact? It's Torah. It's the study of Torah. Like the Mishnah in Perkyavos says, Koveya Itim Latora. Like one of the questions we're going to be asked, Lavo, is were you Kaveya Itim Latora? Did you establish time every day to learn Torah? I want to tell you a fascinating insight onto a Pasuk. The Pasuk in this week's parsha says the following. The Pasuk says like this. In chapter 28, verse 22, In this stone that I've set up, Yaakov Avinu is talking. By the way, just, it's a fascinating concept that we could read through the Torah and like we, we, we're literally reading what Yaakov Avinu said. It's just, it's just fascinating. And this stone that I, Yaakov Avinu, has set up as a monument will become a house of God, which is a lesson in its own right, by the way, how a stone, a stone is domain, is lifeless. But that stone, it became the bedrock for the base Hamikdash, the base Elohim. Just, just amazing how simple things, even a stone, can, if channeled in the the right way produce something extremely holy, extremely big and lofty. Just fascinating. But the Pasuk ends, V'chol asher titenli, and Hashem, everything that you give to me, aser asrenu lach, I will surely tithe it. I will give a tenth of everything you give me back to you. There's an unbelievable Musa, there's an unbelievable lesson here. Yes, quite simply, aser asrenu lach, we do perhaps learn from here a reference to the idea of miser, giving a tenth of what you earn from your income to Hashem, to tzedakah, to good causes, to charity, to uh, Torah institutions, etc. But there has another, perhaps deeper idea here. Everything you give me, Hashem, Yaakovinu said, Aser Asrenulach, I will give a tenth back to you. I will give a portion. I will dedicate a little bit 
back to you. I believe, and I believe these words are telling us something so important and so and so crucial. Everything that you give me, Hashem, I will tithe. In other words, I will give part of it to you, Hashem. If you give me 24 hours in a day, I will dedicate part of my day to you to carry out your holy work. When I daven, even if I cannot concentrate the entire time, I will dedicate part of it to you. When I eat, even if I don't have all of the lofty spiritual intentions that I should be having, I will dedicate part of my eating to you, Hashem. When I learn Torah, even if I don't pay attention the entire time and I battle on this and that, I will dedicate part of it to you. It's such a, it's, you know, because it's easy to get lost. First of all, we can often think that, hey, if I'm not doing it all, if I'm not doing the big stuff, then what is it worth? If I can't concentrate during the entire davening, what's my, that's not how it works. We learn from the Chulash that in life, there's going to be times where, you know, just sometimes we overlook God. Again, not, we should get to a level where we're always singing, but just practically speaking, we're at work and we're we're busy and we're with our family and we're busy. And sometimes we we overlook and we oversee and we don't and we don't actually connect the dots of wait, Hashem is involved here. Hashem is involved, but perhaps the Torah is telling us just give a little bit back. Everything you do, try to find. Just give a little bit back from everything you do. Dedicate a little bit of it back to Hashem. And it's such a beautiful insight because it could elevate our whole lives. And if we start doing it a little bit, if we start doing a tenth of what we do to dedicate for Hashem, in honor of Hashem, for the sake of Hashem, then God willing, that will lead to more. We'll start to do more and more and more. And then hopefully one day, our entire lives, our entire essence, our entire being will be that of dedication to Hashem. But in the meantime, let's learn from Yaakov Avinu the power of of having the Torah as a as a bedrock, as to keep us strong and steadfast in our Yiddishkeit. And how, despite all the vayetzes and vayelechs of life, all the turns and all the different challenges that we experience day in day out, mibe'er shava. That's what's in the center of the phrase. That's what's in the center of the pasuk mibe'er shava, which stands for abra eser shem aver, which represents the Torah study. This has to be a center part of our life has a focus and we should continue to grow and see goodness in ourselves and in others and have great philosophical conversations with other people realize everyone's on a journey including ourselves including Hashem for that matter you know the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah says that the Shekhinah also journeyed just like the Jewish people journeyed Hashem's also on a journey so to speak and you know that should give us encouragement as well it's healthy it's good you're supposed to be on a journey you don't have to be perfect obviously Hashem is perfect but in our journey we don't have to be perfect but let's try at least to do our part and dedicate a little bit as much as we can to Hashem thank you so much for listening to another Torah Sparks episode if you liked it please share it please rate please review it will go a long way and as always thank you and we will see you next week